Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sci-Fi Watch, episode number 226 on this Saturday night. Glad you could join us. Corey Schroed over here. Brian Lee over there. Brian, hello. Howdy doody. Good to be here, man. And of course, Carlos, one more time joining us. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. We're going to be talking about Night Flyers one more time again this week. Alrighty. We'll get up to episode eight called Rebirth. Teleplay done by Michael Galamko, directed by Mark Tondre. December 11th, 2018. So we pick up where we left off on the last episode. Yeah, and the uh, they find out that the, uh, the, the black mist that came out of the stillborn child was kind of like a black spore. Mm-hmm. Um, they start looking to haul in analysis equipment and whatnot. They even start taking apart uh, equipment that's connected to uh, that memory sphere that uh, Carl was working on. Hmm, that's right. Yeah. And which kind of pisses him off, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Mel's like, hey, he's like, this, you got to start participating and, and, you know, decide what, you know, whether you're going to help the people that are here to help you or just go off on your own tangent. And, yeah, he's off on it. He's like on a high, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Point. Pretty much. Um, and the virus, you know, becomes airborne. Uh, we actually uh, say goodbye-bye to Tobis. Sorry. No surprise <laughs> there. No surprise there. Yeah, uh, Tobis, the, the uh, surgeon or whatever. Yeah. She, gets, she was the first victim of the spore. Onboard physician, yeah. Mm-hmm. And seemed to spread pretty quickly. And then... And then uh, I think uh, Rowan comes up with a, like a premature cure, which isn't really a cure. Um, apparently, the uh, the spore goes into I guess several different uh, states. Like it's active, and then it's um, in stasis, and then it's active again. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is a pretty interesting one. The, the one thing they never talked about. And I still kind of think of this as like, where did the spore come from? I mean, did it spontaneously? Uh, I mean, because it came from the child, and it 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 infected the 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 uh, the people in there. But where did it come from? They they didn't talk about that as as far as an aspect. Uh, they didn't even identify it as something that like is naturally occurring from earth or may have been genetically engineered or whatnot, probably because they didn't have time, but it's still, they didn't give an origin. No, it's just there. Deal with it. Does this feel like Andromeda strain a little bit? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, it's attacking the glass. Yes. It does feel like Andromeda strain. I feel like these (laughs) writers are just picking their favorite sci-fi shows and tv shows like hey we're just gonna make an episode like that remember that remember that movie exactly yeah no one will remember that (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) but i did like the part that the fact that agatha is getting stronger too she's now approaching l2 yeah yeah and then uh she got into the ice bath to try and repress her ability and um i think it was uh, thale was trying to see if he could he was trying to give her advice on something to do, and they accidentally touched, and she got – it looked like her spirit got kicked out of her body slightly. 
Oh, and the force, the force projection. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I said out of body experience. I like I didn't really know what the hell it was at this point. Uh, yeah. I will call it astral form, based off of uh, X Men comics and Professor X doing it. Which I have all a right. reference to that later too in this episode. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, they never brought that up at all until now. Yeah, it's like and oh, by the way, let's add this to 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 the telepaths. Well, it's yeah. never been experienced before because they're in the the. Uh, they're near the Vulcran, so their TK levels are astronomical. Right? Yeah, and they also mentioned that it's hard for Agatha to be near uh, Thale. Like, the closer they get, the more that noise noise distortion increases. Uh. So uh, I, I think this might be a reference to way back earlier when, um, um, when they were talking about how people on the shuttle were becoming afraid and it became a loop for their emotions to go through that L1. This might be something similar, but between the uh, the telepaths exclusively. Right. Of course, they could have just made it up. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still thinking about Andromeda Strain because there was a baby involved in that movie. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> well, that, that baby was part of the cure, at least from the movie, I remember. Um, the, the, the baby had... Uh, a different pH level in its blood because it wasn't fed. And yeah. the same was true from the drunk. His pH level was in the different direction. Um, you got a better memory than me. But... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's true of the newer Andromeda Strain movie. No, that... I haven't watched it. Don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, we also got in this that Cynthia finally makes her way out. Oh yeah, and that she created that child as uh, like an offset, a uh, clone of her own personalities, like a a sub program to run around and do things for her, because mm -hmm. she reabsorbed that uh, that program into herself. I think that's when Lomi realized, oh, I guess it's not a kid. <laughs> Once again, it's like the Matrix. <laughs> it's a sub program, just like the Matrix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, this is, uh, Lomi goes in without act, you know, without thinking and without preparing. So, uh, I, I thought that was kind of hilarious hit from behind by a machete and, uh, she wakes up, uh, inside the, uh, inside the room, the room yeah. with the prospectus of, uh, Cynthia's father there. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was kind of weird that he was just like he doesn't activate till the door shut. Is was that Cynthia reprogramming him or something? Or? I don't know. It was that that kind of was weird because last time it was like all this freaky thing, and now it's like yeah. Oh, I okay. mean the the dad is a throwaway character. He didn't even talk. No. No. Well, I it, he, he I think he's especially a throwaway character because who would in who would create a an environment where their father was a haunting figure. <laughs> all the yeah. time and yeah. you would probably want to erase that or just remove it entirely i think it was just the freakiness of his eyes being scratched eyes and mouth being scratched out that was, yeah. cool. that was the cool part. bad like yeah. the scarecrow yeah <laughs> but um, uh yeah it seemed uh uh oh yeah yeah this is also when they uh um when they do the purge in the quarantine room you mean they, they have 12 hours to kill anybody and do whatever they want? The government not stopping them? Oh, that, that purge. <laughs> Sorry, wrong purge. Wrong purge. Wrong purge. Different purge. No, no, no. Decontamination. Decontamination, yeah. Yeah, there you go. 
And so they basically uh, like a forced energy beam sweeps the whole room, basically vaporizing uh, any living matter, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess is just the captain's eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think uh, I said that the the captain might be an android. Um, this is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I, you got to give you that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it went where. It went where we thought it would go in the books. I'm not going to spoil anything, probably not till the last episode, but right. but it went kind of what I thought when I was reading the books, like, oh, he's probably an android. Yeah, so it made sense because it made sense to me because of in the earlier episode when Cynthia was, uh, I guess, screaming across the network and he was grabbing his head like it was hurting or something of that yeah. nature. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But uh, yeah, that's uh, this is where uh, they were restraining Ro- uh, Rowan uh-huh. when they were activating the decontamination because it just swept through the whole. Oh, room. we forgot to say Agatha was basically the one talking to them. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they couldn't talk. They couldn't talk. And she was reading her thoughts and she, Agatha was going, oh, she wants to start the decontamination. And Rowan, you know, doesn't believe her. Right. Right. And then Rowan is trying to stop Agatha, and then uh, they restrain Rowan, and then Agatha. Uh, I think the captain acti- activates the protocol from inside the chamber. Yep. And then Agatha hits the button to, to start it. It was pretty, I don't know, it was pretty uh, chilling scene, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was that part was well done, you know? The mm-hmm. stakes were high. Mm-hmm. They wrote that part well. But as a whole, this whole mold thing, standalone episode type of thing. Really. Yeah, it came in, a left, came in a left field. I mean, it would have been interesting if it was part of a larger issue that it had been popped up before. or Yeah. If, but there were no hints to it. It just came out of left field. Yeah. That's what bothered me about it. There was, like you said, no hints, and you're just like, oh, yeah. The baby turns into mold, and you're like, "What?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was a part where Carl's talking to his daughter Sky, and and they go into this like weird like whatever alternate reality thing. It that part reminded me of uh, when Professor Xavier's in that room and he's hooked up to the machine and he can like do whatever he yeah. wants. Yeah, I'm like, there's another X Men moment in this um, in this episode. The Cerebro, you're talking about Cerebro. Cerebro, that's it. I couldn't remember yeah. the name. But yeah. I was like, X-Men, that's so X-Men. That would have made more sense if it was Agatha, though. <laughs> it would have, it would have, but I don't know. It's like, there's too much X-Men stuff going on. It's like, I don't know. It just feels like they're trying to come up with stuff. They're trying to get to episode 10, and they're they're just trying to come up with little individual episodes just to get us there. Nothing. Well, they're fabricating, like I said. Well, like we said from the beginning, this is a 120-page story, and they're just filling it with whatever. Yeah, they're, on page, like, they're like on page 628 right now. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. They're just way past. But I did like I mean, this was a good ending. I liked I like the ending to this. Not as good as the, the as the last episode's ending, though. Yeah, mm. it, it did have a good yeah, ending with oh the captain's a machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think that is it for this episode. I want to thank cool. Brian. Brian, yeah, well, cool. I want to thank Brian for being here again. Of course, Brian, where can we find you online? I can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Brian says. And of course, Carlos, glad you can make it again. All right. Thank you. Good to be here.
And of course, you can always check us out at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. You can always leave us a voicemail anytime, 774-327-2948, 774-32-SAY-IT. And of course, our voice, our email is sci-fi watcher at sayproductions.com. That's it for this lovely Saturday night. And until next time, hope everyone has a good one.